0: Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. I'm your host, Alex Brigitte. Thank you so much for joining us this week. On this week's episode, we have Fago Franklin III. He's a reporter from Pro Player Insiders and he's also a publicist. He talks about his journey on his Rise to the Challenge and how sports has played a huge impact in his life. He talks about pushing himself to the next level and never stops learning to become a better individual. He talks about making an impact in his career, but also for his clients and how he goes out of his way to make sure that their needs are met. He he talks about a great story, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Every week we have a quick fire challenge, and this week's quick fire challenge is, pain makes you stronger, tears make you braver, and heartbreak makes you wiser. So think the past for a better future. We always talk about with our guests and a lot of times our post is negative impacts makes us stronger. The past maybe didn't go your way, but you learn from it to make you grow as an individual. And we have to look at those and say, this is what happened to us, but now we're on our track to be better. We're going to get to what we want to accomplish. So I want you this week to think about what are some things in the past that you learned from and how are you turning it around to make a big difference in your life? And I love learning about from my guests and how they talk about those struggles and how they turned it around. And look at what they're able to accomplish. Look at what is going on in their lives. Remember to follow and subscribe on all major podcast platforms as we are now on Pandora also. So sit back and relax and enjoy the rise to the challenge of Fago Franklin the Please welcome Fago Franklin the to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm well. How
0: about yourself, sir? I'm doing good just another day get to do what I like to do which is these interviews Um, thank you for taking the opportunity to come on the show Um, we were actually introduced by one of your clients and we'll talk more about your publicist side uh, Jennifer Cobb and looking at all your posts and the passion that you have with the jobs you do I wanted to reach out to you and definitely have this interview because I want to learn more about what you do in your career so with every guest that I have, we like to start right at the beginning of their early days. What were you involved in growing up?
1: Oh man, uh, I've been involved with sports and marketing my entire life. My dad, um, after he retired from the military, he became an entrepreneur. So he started his uh, locksmith business and built that up from the ground up. Um, been very successful. Um, he'd been in this field for 29 years now. And so I have a lot of marketing experience as well as being an entrepreneur. So when I got myself back into school in 2012, I was like, hey, um, I want to do something that I love and I'm very passionate about. And so I decided, hey, why not try sports reporting? And so I became an intern with uh, uh, in the Cross Church. So that was something that was totally different, something that was unique. And so I'm like, I love sports, and this is something I'm very passionate about. So over the years, I've been very passionate about sports. Sports is something that I'm usually doing or looking at. Um, I ran track. I played basketball. um, I played a little bit of football back in my time. Um, And it's just something I enjoy. So I apply that to my life, and um, I'm very blessed to have the career that I'm in now.
0: With each sport that you played, was there a specific person that you looked up to, like a mentor or inspiration that you're like, I wanna be like that athlete in the future?
1: Of course, um, God bless his soul, Kobe Bryant. I liked him as I'm a diehard Lakers fan first and foremost, but outside of that, him as an individual, I mean, going through all the adversity and then over the trials and tribulations, it inspired me to do better with my life, to be a better person, to strive for better, to strive for perfection. And that's what I saw with him. With Michael Jordan, he gave the blueprint to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant kind of perfected it in his own little math because you saw the traditional values from a basketball player standpoint to more so of an entrepreneur, to so more so of a, um, a great role model. And, you know, people go back and forth with the Michael Jordan asked. With Kobe Bryant, you could tell, definitely tell he was trying to push to be a better person each and every day.
0: Do you have a sport that you wanted to play professionally or was it more at the time recreational and just
1: staying active at a young age? Professionally basketball. Uh, that was my love, my heart, my soul. Again, Kobe Bryant. I wanted to um, be like him. I idolized him. I mean from the spots on the floor. Um, I try to practice that. I'm. I'm a little bit short. I'm five six, but I, I come out with a lot of heart. I'm, I'm a great rebounder. I wasn't score much. I was more so a defensive uh, personnel. Um, so I, I, I just love everything about the, you know, physical contact. Um, you know, just getting into the pain. I work with in other individuals, and then of course running track. It's just by yourself. It's an individual sport, but you're pushing yourself mm-hmm. um, to your greatest limits, and that's something that I enjoy. It was like. Um, whatever, whatever trials and tribulations that I was going through at that time, I'm like, hey, this is just a no-silence aspect. There's nobody stopping me. I'm the only person that's stopping myself, and I will push myself to exceed. So it was more so basketball and then track.
0: I think a lot of kids and young adults view all these obstacles when they come to play a sport. I'm not the tallest person, but when someone looks at me, they don't think, oh, I'm athletic but when I get out onto the field, I'm able to prove them and show that I'm a wild card. You're never gonna know what you're gonna get out of me. When you were growing up and you talked about the height being an issue, what kind of mindset did you push yourself to not let that affect you, but you were gonna do anything you can to become better?
1: I I have killer instincts. If I want something, I go get it. Um, Like I tell people all the time, you only have one life to live why not go out there and do something that you love something that you enjoy something that you're passionate about and i don't care who you are if i want something i'll go get it you got to be persistent you got to be persuasive and you have to have an understanding of what you really want in this lifetime and whatever i put my mind to that's where i'm going to do 210 percent like i'm gonna outwork you and that's how wow. i am with this field even though i don't i'm not an athlete i consider that, i consider myself an athlete uh, with being a reporter or either, either being a publicist. If I want something done, I'm going to get it done and I don't want to lie to my clients. Fair point blank, I don't have time to lie. So I just have that mindset. I'm going to go out there and get them more exposure. If they need more exposure, if they need more marketing tools, if they want to go to you know better events, I'm a reporter and it's very competitive. And I'm a competitive person. So
0: you're not going to outwork them. When you were growing up, what was that dream job that you wanted
1: before you got into college? I wanted to be a graphic designer. <laughs> and so it, it changed over the years. Um, and then when I decided to go off to college when I was 19 years old, um, I wanted to play basketball. So it was like uh, my major at that time was accounting. I don't know why, I hate math. <laughs> <laughs> but then my mind was graphic designing. Um, and then over the years, it changed. Like I like, ironically, before I became a sports reporter, it was to be a criminologist. I thought it was a very intriguing field. I wanted to change the laws, um, but then when I covered a couple of cases, it was like it's very intriguing, but will I be happy with it? Because mm-hmm. some of the cases are unorthodox, and you know, it, it's just disheartening. You know, you're talking to a person, and they died in a certain manner. It, it's, it's just real ridiculous. So I didn't. I couldn't imagine myself. Working in that type of job each and every day. Cause I would intru- like, you know, drove myself a little bit crazy drinking way too much. So, um, you know, I'm a man of faith. So God just definitely put me in a predicament where I could do something I enjoy, I'm loved, I'm very passionate about, and I'll just go get it. Like like when I tell people sports is literally my life, this is heaven on earth for me, this is it.
0: Definitely, when you, definitely with college, it's the time to, Find what you're passionate about and definitely you found after doing some trials and errors um, what you were passionate about. Do you regret going for those other areas or were you happy that you at least tried it and you could kind of see what was what were you liking, what you were not interested in?
1: Uh, I don't regret anything because if you regret something it didn't make you uh, the individual that you are molding into today. Um, I take anything that I attempt I take that as a trial period. If I mm-hmm. didn't do something, I feel like, you know, maybe that's a failure aspect or even if I didn't try it too hard. But if I try something, I do it at 210%. If I fail, I get back up. You just have to have that mentality. You gotta, like, you're gonna always fail. Failure is a part of being a success story. You know, you, you take what you learn from your failures and apply it to your life. Mm-hmm. And it makes you a better it, it makes you a better person. It makes you a better go-getter and make sure you very ambitious. And then sometimes you have to adjust. I tell people all the time, um, you have to adjust the circumstances. So while you're in an uncomfortable setting, make that your comfortable setting because while you're uncomfortable it's gonna make you grow as an individual. After college,
0: what was that first job that you got?
1: Oh man, uh, after 416 applicants, 26 different interviews, Finally made it to the rear, uh, third round three times. I finally got an opportunity to work at a new station called I-Fiber Communications, and it was very tough. It was very tough for me. Um, you know, not trying to throw the race out there, but I was literally the only African American person out there. It was very kind of traditional. I'm from Virginia, so I kind of see the whole separation at times of uh, skin complexion. Um, but in the new uh, settings, it, it was just, it, it was just you know, hard for me. So I had to, I had to like overcome that obstacle of being the only person of color that was like in that city. Mm -hmm. And at times it's just like, I had doubted myself so many times because it was just like, they felt like they were better than me, but I had more experience or either when I first came to Washington state, nobody would help me out. Like I had to like literally beg my, um, producer, so I could shadow my editor because my editor didn't want nothing to do with me, and it's like that's not how you work. This is my first day, you know. I I, I came from a different area. I'm not even familiar with the Washington State area, and you just throw me out in the field. And I felt like you got to get have some understanding of what you're getting yourself into. And I tell people all the time, you just have to adjust. Don't make an excuse uh, excuses. Just adjust, and that's what I did even though I was let go from that opportunity, it was an opportunity to improve myself. Um, and even though like I'm doing my own thing now, um, at first it was just like, after I got let go, it was just like, what what can I do now, da, da, da. And then, you know, I lived in my car for a couple of weeks trying to decide whether to either uh, to stay um, in Washington State or either go back to Virginia. And I did not want to go back to Virginia because it was more so on the aspect, I'm uncomfortable. God has the plan for you. If I go back, what did I really learn? Because you want to go back to a setting that you're already familiar with. And people honestly get so content with being familiar with something. And they get so just so in tune with the now. I'm looking at the later part of life, and that's what I decided. I'm like, hey, I'm going to just try to figure this thing out and what y'all have done. And it was the best thing i could possibly do because even though i do not like washington state i really don't like it but it has um it has grown me into the individual that i am today because i came with one quality now i'm coming with different qualities and now i know how to market myself much more better than what i did when i first came out here
0: would you say when you were at the time where you were living out in your car that you knew that everything was going to go from up here? Like, I have to find a way to get to the next stage to get to where I want to be.
1: I'm a competitor. <laughs> so it, it won't know uh, if, ands, and buts about that. Like, I'm a man of faith, and uh, at the time before I got in the car accident, like, I had my Bible. So even though I was sleeping in my car, and I still do this to this day, my Bible is wherever I'm at because I feel safe. Mm-hmm. and I I would literally sit there and talk to the Lord we're gonna make it we're gonna make it we're gonna make it I don't care whatever trials I've been through we're gonna we're gonna make it because even though I'm sleeping in my car technically I'm not homeless like you also have to look at other people's situations I had a car so technically I had a roof over my head I have money in my account and then on top of that I have food in my system there are other homeless people that doesn't have the things that I had so I was still blessed even though the certain situations that I was going through. So it was just a matter of, hey, I'm going to get myself out of here. I'm going to tell my story. And then on top of that, hey, I got to do whatever I need to do in order to get to point A to point B.
0: So a lot of the skills that you talk about came from sports. You talk about the competitive nature, the mindset that you have. So you kind of still utilize those sports skills and still use them today, which – a lot of people still can um, agree with that is we all have that same mindset that we've learned from a younger age. What was the next job after your first job out of college? Did you go into a different, did you start getting into the sports area or was it still with publications?
1: Um, So basically let's back up a little bit. So after I graduated, I already have four years of experience under my belt. Because I already interned with uh, numerous publications and numerous news stations. So coming out the gate, um, I, was already, I already knew what I wanted to do. Sports was my niche. And so it's something like sports was like all I knew. So when I went with iFiber Communications, and it kind of got me into a different variety of different subjects I never covered. Like I did a whole bunch of community events, council meetings. I do not like politics, but I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with having a, bi- a background and a minor in uh, criminal justice. So I understood it. But after my next uh, – after In um, um, La Cross We Trust, as well as uh, I-Fiber Communications, I went back to Pro Players, which I still work with today. Um, and, you know, I worked hard. They always cover Super Bowl. My goal, ultimate goal was to cover a Super Bowl which I did in 2018. I had to see my Philadelphia Eagles win their first Super Bowl, so I was pretty ecstatic about that. <laughs> so, um, nevertheless, um, I, I always had, like, two different internships or either freelancing gigs that I was doing while working a full-time job and a second part-time job. So I always had that go-getting mentality because I looked at the longevity. I looked at if I had a connection with this person, then I'm valuable to another person. Because not only was I was a sports reporter, but I've been a director, I've been a content reporter, a content editor, sports director, um, social media coordinator, and then you add all of those key factors up. Now I'm worth something. Now I can negotiate. Hey, this is how much I'm worth, and I have a degree on top of that. So now you have to pay me 60k or 70k. And I tell people all the time with being a reporter, everything is going up on social media. So technically you run into being a social media specialist. So you want to get the ins and outs of being a social media specialist. And a lot of people that's in the reporting field, they don't really get paid the big bucks unless you work for ESPN or Fox or one of the predominant news stations. And then even then you have to be a household name. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, if you don't want to do that, you could go the alternative route and, you know, improve your skills with social media because everything is up on social media. Mind you, a minimum uh, as a social media specialist is 45K. When I first moved out here, only make it was 24K as a reporter. So you just have to learn all the utilities and t- kind of adjust to what you're trying to do. And so that's something I learned as well too. So um, it's, it's just more so of learning each and everything, each and every day. You wanna improve yourself every day. So, um to go back to what you were saying, um in 2019, I got the opportunity to kind of work with Lawrence Tellers event during Super Bowl week. So, I had all these connections already as a sports journalist, sports reporter, um and a social media coordinator. So, I was reaching out to the directors, "Hey, I know such and such. I could get um this person to come to your event. Hey, I already can do press releases." Mind you, I was already doing public relations even before I knew what public relations was and it was just like, it was weird because like I didn't get paid. So my, my actual experience was super bowl in Atlanta. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm already doing press releases. I'm already getting publicists as well as talent um, to these events. So I've, um, I helped out coordinate with the Michael Vick event, Lawrence Teller event. And there's another event that's annually called the NFL legends party. And so I was getting people from point A to point B. And I'm like, this is easy. So after Super Bowl, I started working with a small agency called BMPR. So the young lady, she worked in Australia, but she was going back from Australia to L.A. And she always was looking at me because she was like, yo, you have a go get a mentality. You know, like minded individuals like to work with like minded individuals. And she was like i know what you can bring to the table so i was kind of helping out with nba uh ball player lou williams with this clothing line so i was putting up a, a campaign for his clothing line so i already had connections everywhere so it was a short stint and so i decided to you know start doing this by myself um because like i said marketing to me has become a little bit easier because i know the ins and outs and with me being a media personality And coming from the media side of things, it makes it ten times easier because I already have have those media publications in my back pocket. And I'm still a member of the media. So it makes it so much easier. And I understand the logistics with, you know, getting a story out to talent or having um, or telling people, hey, this is what I would like you to do as far as my talent is concerned. And I tell my talent, this is what media is looking for. Because everybody has some type of story, but what makes your stories different
0: from any others. That's definitely a great point with the uh, storytelling. A lot of people can look at a piece of paper that talks about all stuff about them, but it's more when you get that interaction with the person that you're able to learn even more. And that's one thing I do these interviews is I can read a LinkedIn profile, but that's just a blank cover. I wanna get to know the person, learn more about the ins and outs, Because like a lot of stuff that you're talking about, I would have not known just reading from your page. And I'm learning a lot and like the mindset that a lot of us have to go through to get to the next stage in our careers. You talked about the Super Bowl, going to that for reporting. Was there any other memorable events or moments you've had during your time as a reporter?
1: Oh, man, all the time. I'm very (laughs) blessed. I'm very, put it this way, I'm very blessed. I have now people coming to me, agencies now, wanting my input, which I never thought. I'm helping uh, NFL players get back into um, NFL. Um, last year, I got to be beside, ironically, my idol Kobe Bryant. During a WNBA basketball game, I got to interview Derek Fisher. I did not know Kobe Bryant was going to be in attendance. And so when they announced it, I'm like, where's Kobe? Oh, where's Kobe? <laughs> <laughs> and I see him. And, like, it was a lot of media members over there, so I couldn't, like, get, like, an interviewer ask him a question, but I did talk to his daughter, which had passed away in that, you know, plane um, incident. And I talked to her, I her. I was like, hey, I see you doing your thing. Uh, good luck. Keep it up. And she was like, oh, thank you. So that's one of the um, best memories I have. Of course, 2018, since I'm a diehard Philadelphia Eagles fan, you know, watching the Super Bowl there. Um, this year, when I was in Miami, Um, Because I'm a diehard Eagles fan, uh, I'm very grateful to seeing that Andy Reid finally got the Super Bowl ring that he needed because in 2004, when we went to the Super Bowl against New England, we lost. And, you know, it was a blessing seeing him finally getting uh, a Super Bowl ring as being a head coach. Um, So that was a blessing. But each and every day is a blessing, doing something that you love, something that you're passionate about. So every day is a memory for me because... You know, ten years ago, I would never thought I would be here today. You know, I never thought. You know, a lot of people look up to me as a role model. A lot of people actually are inspired and want to hear my story. A lot of people have I have made it easier on myself just by marketing myself to the point where I don't have to go through the credential process as others have to. You know, I, I talk with certain indiv- individuals that have been in the field for 20, 30 years. And, you know, I learned something from them, and they learn something from me. And I tell people each and every day, you can always learn something from somebody in a conversation. You have to just listen. Take little bits and pieces of information what this individual is telling you, and then apply it to yourself. Don't try to emulate that person, but just try to sit there, and whatever this person is telling you about this um, topic or how to do something, certain things in life, just apply it to your life. Do it at your own own time, and I tell people all the time, your journey is your journey. Stop looking at others' journeys, because early in my career, you know, I was 25, getting myself back into school, I felt like a failure. I felt like I needed to outdo and outwork these other reporters, because you look at reporters, they're coming out very young, 19, 20, 21, 22, and they've already been everywhere, you know, and I wanted to work with ESPN uh, for, like, the longest. But my whole thing is my journey is, totally different from other people because these people, yeah, they work for ESPN, but now I'm bringing a certain amount of knowledge that they don't have Mm -hmm. because I was willing to work the long hours. I was willing to put the time, the effort. You know, a lot of people don't even know about the media distribution list because it makes it 10 times easier. Instead of going out there and getting stories, stories come directly to your email. And a lot of, like I tell a lot of reporters as well as writers, you want stories to come to you. You know, I'm on a media distribution of ESPN. And Fox and all that. And I have news come directly to me. And then, like, I tell people all the time, you just want to start adding people from like the press releases to your social media account because it's marketing one on one. Like, if you get denied credentials to our event, you still want to be in contact with that person. So instead of just emailing them, you have LinkedIn. LinkedIn is going to be your best friend, or with me, nobody knows too much about my personal stuff. Like, I'm a very open book, but I still keep my personal life private. So unless you have my phone number, you don't really get the personal information. So I tell people all the time, since people don't want to go to my business page, I utilize my personal Facebook page as my business page. And I have over 5,000 followers. So now I'm deleting people that do not need to be there and people that's already in the field. And it gives you a sense of who I am and what do I bring to the table since you probably deny me credential. So my name keep popping up in social media platform. That's just another marketing tool to have.
0: When you're posting on social media, like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, what's the process for you? Like, are you wanting to put like a video out, text, images? Like, how do you know what's the right post for that day?
1: Uh, I don't pick a day and I don't pick a, a writing. I usually post a, a image um, at eight o'clock. I tell people including, um, this is Marketing one on 101. I, I tell like all my talent as well as reporters, you want to post at 8 o'clock in the morning. That's most of the time you're either going to work or either um, you're getting up. So the first thing you, anybody does now these days is like, is religiously, it's like people's Bible is the phone. Mm-hmm. You know, you sleep with your phone right there. You look at your phone. So most people go to that social media because that's where they get their news. They, instead of turning on the television, they get the news off of social media. So you want to post at 8 o'clock. You want to post at 12 to either one because most people are usually taking a break at 12 or 1. And so what they do, they look at their phones. So you want to post something, an image or either a video. Um, the third time is maybe like five to six because people are usually getting off of work around five to six. What do they do when they usually get off of work? If they don't have their phone in their hands, majority of the time they get off of work, they look at their phone. Yep. And then maybe like around nine to ten, I, I usually space it out. Um, because people are now, if you have, you know, a family, you're putting your kids to sleep. Now, after they sleep, they pick up their phone. Most people, they're bored, especially during this time. They're bored. So they pick up their phone to see, like, what's going on in the social media world. So I use I use those times. And, like, I send out pictures as well as videos. So um, usually most of the time when I wake up, I give myself, like, an hour. And I find, like, the right picture. So I post on LinkedIn. I post on Instagram. I post on all my Facebooks. I have four different accounts on my Facebook, and all of them is business-related. So you might get one picture um, or either a video. And then on top of that, as I was telling you before, with media distribution news, um, every time something is sent to me, I usually distribute it out to my social media platforms. So most of the time, I get something, like, at 8 o'clock about some, some type of news. And I just... Post up on my social media account. I'm very active on my social media accounts. So, like I tell people all the time, you want to post on a daily account. Um, you want to be consistent with how you post, and you know you don't want to just post to a story. And that's what I've been doing. I've been posting to a story, and then I've been posting to the actual account. So, with the actual account, it gives you a, an, um, it gives you a account of who's looking at your stuff, but also. When you put it in your story, you have other people that are not even your uh, friends on a social media accounts that's actually looking at your work. So I actually have like a few celebrities, mind you. I don't have the blue check yet, which <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not that popular, but everybody that has the blue check they usually, you know, check in on my work, uh, what I posted today, and different things to that nature. So it it puts you in the aspect of what you need to post on a daily basis, what people like, and then you look at it, you know your demographics and your logistics, and I, I could tell, like, the age preference of what a person likes and what a person doesn't like. You know, if this person likes this video, whether I should post this video or an old clip of me reporting or doing any, any type of interviews, or either I might do, like, a little snippet, at, like a Zoom interview, and I might, I might post a, a little snippet, and then I tell people, hey, I have a YouTube channel, or either go to my website, which is newstitchmedia.com and i tell people usually go to the websites to actually see what's going on so it's just different ways you can just market yourself
0: those are definitely great tips i know i struggle with when do i post because do i want to do it in the morning do it at night i used to somehow did it at 11 p.m at night and that was probably the worst idea because everyone's (laughs) probably asleep at that time but i know with doing the show i've reached international markets and the time zones are definitely all over the place, but you kind of figure out a plan and a strategy over time, and it's always a learning process for me. So you all, you talked about part of your clients and what you do for them. Was being a publicist one of your goals at the time when you were going to college or throughout your career, or it was kind of the opportunity came upon and you were like, I want to go for it?
1: none of the above it just like i said i I like to try different things and you know i did to this day i would always like i considered myself a publicist um i do public relations but do i like it no but it makes me a better individual you have to do something in order for you to get where you want to go you have to do something you need to do and just being a publicist i learned the back end of what talent goes Because, yeah, I could interview people all day, but I don't know exactly what they go through or who they represent or either like being a part of the publicist group has helped me so much because now I know how to market myself much better as a reporter, much better as, you know, getting my talent out there. And it just, you know, I, it's just something I utilize. And so like I said, I like to learn the ins and outs about any and everything because like i I joke around with people like my editor gave me the nickname um uh, Superman, so I tell people all the time I want to take over the world within taking over the world, you have to know all the logistics you have to always keep yourself learning um and improve your craft and with being a publicist, it has definitely improved my craft because now outside of different stories, now I can talk about financial aspects so I've, how these athletes are managing their funds, or either I can talk about a publicist aspect, or either you know, with being on being a publicist, I actually get more news and more ex, uh, exclusive stuff than what I did as a reporter. So now I'm saying all of these you know high-profile agencies and names and stuff like that. Now all I got to do is get my clients from point A to point B, If they can't go as talent now um, because media pushes everything. Now I can get them as media because I'm a member of media. So I'm like, hey, you know, I can get X, Y, Z. Now all I need you to do is get these cards so I can tell people about who you are. And that's another market strategy that a lot of publicists don't have. Most of the time it's like trying to get their client into, you know, the event to get them on red carpet. But if press don't know who they are, like nobody's doing no type of interviews on that person because we don't know who you are and we're not going to take your picture. So it just help me with a better understanding of it.
0: It's great to hear that both of the industries you're in or both jobs kind of work with each other in a way that helps you help your clients even more because you can give you have a lot more background information to help your clients get even farther and help them grow marketing wise as a brand. What does the future look like for you? What are your goals coming up in the next few years? Oh, man. Uh,
1: taking over the world as usual. Always a great <laughs> um, just, <one. laughs> um, just becoming a better person. Um, my ultimate goal is to move away from Seattle area. Don't really like it. That's just my preference. Um, I was thinking about moving to L.A. because I know I can make a killing out there. Uh, my goal in the next two years is to cover the Oscars, Golden Globes. I want to get some more because I already got sports on lock. So I want to kind of transition into more so of the fashion industry, as well as um, the entertainment industry. So I want to cover pa- uh, Paris Fashion Week. Um, I, I want to cover the Oscars. I want to cover like the Country Music Awards. I want to be a little bit more versatile, and I want to bring on more clients, people that are in the entertainment field, people that are you know more so in the sporting field. Because yes, I have a, I'm very knowledgeable about sports, but I'm not that knowledgeable as far as entertainment. I don't know. All these actresses and actors unless i'm like you know watch their movies like this at washington leo dicaprio you know johnny depp those type of individuals but the uh, individuals that are not too much of a household name i need to learn the ins and outs about them because i don't want to get stuck at a red carpet where somebody famous walk right past me or have influenced the industry and i don't know exactly what i'm talking about and you know sports as well as entertainment they run together because you know most of the time athletes usually are involved in foundations or either entertainment aspects or either dating somebody that's in the entertainment or either um, the fashion world. So you have to know all the logistics. And that's another aspect that a lot of reporters don't really go at. They want to talk about the analytical aspect, but it's more so there's much more to it than the analytical aspect. You know, some of these people actually have foundations. They're actually giving away to their community. So I want to get involved with that. I um, also, like, I, I'm always learning, so I want to improve what I know, uh, what can I bring, what I can bring to the table, um, get more clients, of course, and, again, just conquer the world uh, in a positive way, uplift people, excel, you know, lift another individual up to get them from point A to point B to, you know, conquer their dreams, and just be a better role model each and every day, man.
0: The final few questions we have for you. For someone going into the industry you're in, what tips or advice would you give someone to get them to excel in the career that you're in?
1: All right, so if you wanna go to being a reporter, I'm gonna break it down. If you wanna be a reporter, you have to be consistent. You have to be accountable. I'll take it back in 2013. Um, My director snatched away my credentials From the 2013 NFL draft because I was late. I'm not from New York. The NFL draft at the time was in New York. I ended up being three hours late uh, for an event, even before the NFL draft. She was pretty pissed off, snatched my credentials away. And at that time, I was very frustrated. I was pissed off because it was like I drove all the way out here. It's not my fault that I got lost. But understood over the time I understood because I became a director and it's all about accountability. So with reporters, you have to be accountable. You have to work the long hours. Stop looking at the temporary aspect and look at the longevity because all of us we want to get paid coming out of college. You know, we, we want to sit there and say, Hey, you know, I'm worth such and such. But what makes you different from anybody else that's our that are actually in the field? And I tell people all the time. You want to take any opportunities. I don't care whether it's a big time opportunity or a small time opportunity, and you want to nail it. You want to be good with marketing yourself the right way because a lot of reporters, especially now these days, the younger generation that's like 21 up to like maybe like 26, they want to see overnight success, but it just does not happen. People want to go to Super Bowl, but they don't want to you know put in that time and effort to get to Super Bowl. And like I tell people all the time. Well, you know, as a reporter, you don't want to go out there as a, uh, be a, a reporter during Super Bowl because all you're doing is watching the game. You want to be out there throughout the week because you have that one on one interview type of format with these players. Um, it's all about being consistent, like being accountable, working the long hours, staying positive. Don't put your personal business out there. Um, and like I tell people all the time, uh, separate your personal pages. You know, because a lot of people, they get into this habit where they post their business as well as their personal on the same page. And if you got, you know, it's a perception. The whole uh, media aspect is a perception. And you have to want yourself to look squeaky clean. Remember, you put something that's up there positive. like A lot of people say, you know, sexist stuff or racist stuff and different things of that nature and want to call out Cry Wolf when their director or somebody pull them and they get fired or either let go or suspend it. And it's like, Facebook didn't do this to you, you did it. Ain't nobody tell you to get up on there and start you know, messing with the keyboard and then publish your work. It's like, you know, right from wrong. And you have to look at it. You have to understand that people are always watching. So that's another aspect because some of these women, they post provocative pictures. I'm not gonna tell a woman what they can and can't do because that's their body. But I will tell you from a viewer aspect, because especially if you're trying to get into sports, you have these sexist male figures that feel like a woman should be in the kitchen. They're not looking at you because of your knowledge, acknowledgement to the game, but they're looking at you because you seem like a sex symbol. And everything in the uh, media field is about perception. So you want to, instead of just having the looks, have the knowledge that goes with the looks. You know, some people force personality. Some people are bland as nuts. Just be yourself. At the end of the day, you know, stop emulating people. You can look up to them and you can take key points from them, but don't try to emulate everything they do because you are your own individual. That's on the reporter end. On the publicist end, just be consistent. Everything runs through consistency. I'm different from any type of publicist because more so with being a publicist or being public relations, you have to be very strategic. I'm not strategic at all. I come from a field where you get stuff done. It's very competitive. You know, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world. Here with public relations and being a publicist, you have to find a strategy that works for your client. With me, I work very fast. So, and it's just something that I'm accustomed with. If I tell you I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. And this, in, in the public relations field, you have to understand that being authentic and true to yourself is is what's gonna bring clients in. If you have a positive aspect about life, as well as that work ethic that comes with being a positive individual, you will see growth and they will flop the growth. If they see you at any type of events, it kind of intrigues them. Like, what do you do exactly? And like, I have that kind of mysterious aspect because you can't point me any type of direction because you see I'm on the working side of the media side. And then you say, you look at my profile, it's like, yo, you're a publicist as well. Like, how do you involve those two? Mm-hmm. And you have to be different because anybody can sit there and sales pitch you all the time. You get cold calls all the time. But what makes you different from anybody else? And then when you start to see, hey, this person this place, this person that place, hey, I want to flock with this, this, and forth. And with Jennifer Cobb, uh, before she even came on as, you know, one of my clients, we've been working together um, since 2017. I did an interview with her when I was working with Fox Sports. And, you know, she loved it. I was a positive person. We followed each other. And then she was like, hey, Sego, you know, do you think you can give me access to you know, the um, Canton, Ohio? I was like, I got you, Jennifer, da, da, da. Then I got her access. And then you know, now I'm not lying because she sees the value that I have. And then working with her, she sees the value that I have with the connections that I have coming from the press. Because I tell a lot of publicists that you have to have connections within the press. Anybody can walk the red carpet, but what is your story? press push you out there so it's like you know with talent we understand from a press aspect that we have to push these individuals out but because if we don't push them out nobody is going to know who they are or even know their stories that they're telling but on the media side it's like who is this person why is this person here Da da da. so you have to have a formula that works for you and so you just got to find that strategic manner and like I say, you just have to hold your talent accountable because there have been plenty of times where certain individuals that have pulled out of the event, and then makes me look bad. And it's like you're, you're making yourself look bad as well as the company you work for. You don't want to put yourself in a predicament whereas, hey, you might leave me, but yet you have a bad taste because the media world is small. Everybody knows everybody. But when you get into public relations and being a publicist, It gets much smaller. You never know who's watching you, who's looking at you, and you also want to have a clean, polished slate. You don't want to have no negativity. You don't want to have no type of drama because it will damage you. It takes years to build your reputation up, your image up, but it only takes two seconds to damage you. So that's the advice I give anybody. Consistency as well as accountability will make the success story a much success story.
0: For someone definitely listening to this, they're gonna get a lot out of that. Um, I know I'm. I've been taking. I'm taking notes at the same time because <laughs> I'm a person. I'm all, I always live by this motto: become the greatest version of yourself, and always excel and get better and learn. Like you said, learning is the new thing that everyone needs to be doing because not everyone knows everything in their industry and even branching out to other areas. There's always something more that you can learn so for the final question we always ask our guests what tips or advice would you give someone to rise to their challenge based on your experience so it kind of, it could go with your industry experience but what tips would you give someone to rise to their challenge to overcome
1: obstacles
0: and reach their goals
1: okay uh excuse my language on it Screw everybody you have your own journey stop looking at everybody Um, Everybody has their own journey. You know, everybody has some type of obstacle, some type of demon that they had to battle in life, they had to overcome it. You know, some people are gay. Some people, you know, deal with being harassed all the time. Some people are not attractive. Some people, you know, have flaws that they're very insecure about. Some people are not, you know, qualified in the society world. Some people just struggle with a lot of different things. Um, uh, Anxiety, you know, alcoholism. So you just never know, but you have to not judge people, period, point blank. It's not judge people and just be a character, a, a good character and lead being a leader. You know, everybody wants to follow the leader, but once you are the leader, people will follow you. And it starts with having a positive attitude each and every day, even though, you know, I might get rejected. So many times I might, you know, get rejected with this pitch or I might get rejected with, you know, getting this woman, that I'm interested in it or something like that. You just have to be very optimistic because, of course, it's a blockage because you want something so about yourself each and every day. Maybe it wasn't meant for you. Maybe, you know, that person will come later on in life. Maybe that opportunity will come in life because you're not ready. If you go um, to – if you open a door that you're not ready for, you don't know what surprises you're going to get. And it may scare you, and it may actually – have you doubting yourself to the point where you don't even want to be in this field, or you don't want to do this, or you don't want to be with that person? And you have to be just devoted to your craft. A lot of people want the temporary aspect. It just does not happen overnight. It took me eight years, almost eight years, to now be a, a person that's in the field. And the crazy thing is, people are flocking to me. But I've been in the um, NFL in a, um, NFL for seven years. I've been in three Super Bowls, but yet. People are now flocking to me and it, it makes me feel good, but at the same time, I put in that hard work and a lot of people are, are not willing to put in that hard work. So you just have to have an understanding of who you are. What, what do you bring to the table? What is your worth? Do you understand yourself? Because if you understand yourself, nobody can dictate to you who you are, what you will bring to the table and that opportunity. Because yeah, you can say screw them, F them, whatever, because it's not your time. When it's your time, it's your time, and nobody's going to stop that. That's the advice I would give people. I can definitely see the passion
0: based on our conversation. And, figure I want to thank you so much for taking the opportunity to talk about your journey and your rise to the challenge. And we can't wait to see what else you're able to accomplish
1: in your career. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on here, and I look forward to speaking with you very soon, my friend.
0: Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember, to think about our quickfire challenge, how you can utilize this week, remember to follow us and subscribe on all major podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Pandora. Remember, you decide what path you take and how you're going to rise to the challenge. Have a great day, everyone.